Since 1993, Copenhagen Modern Furniture has showcased Austin's largest collection of fine contemporary furniture and accessories. We have you covered for your holiday dinner parties. Now at Copenhagen, get 25% off up to eight dining chairs with your purchase of a new dining table. For more ways to save, visit our showroom on Breaker Lane or go to copenhagenliving.com. Copenhagen Modern Furniture, Austin's premier destination for everything contemporary. Welcome to I Love You So Much, the podcast about the people, places, and things we love about Austin. Our podcast is from the feature staff at the Austin American Statesman, and we're sponsored by Copenhagen Furniture. I'm Austin 360 editor Eric Webb, and in this week's episode, we're remembering a famous Austin name, Daniel Johnston. Johnston, who in the 1980s and 1990s symbolized underground rock in Austin, died a few weeks ago on September 11th. He was 58. His charming songs like True Love Will Find You in the End and his devotion to distributing his unique music on cassette tapes earned him a cult following and famous fans like Kurt Cobain. Johnston became known worldwide. You might know him for something else, though. He made a more visual mark on Austin culture with the iconic Hi How Are You mural at 21st and Guadalupe Streets. Johnston created that in 1993. On this week's episode of I Love You So Much, Austin 360 music writer Peter Blackstock and culture writer Joe Gross sat down to talk about Johnston's life and legacy. Peter recently headed to the Houston suburb of Katy, where Johnston's family, friends, and fans gathered on September 20th and 21st to pay their respects to the renowned artist and songwriter. You can find all of our recent coverage of Johnston's death and legacy at austin360.com. Now, here's Joe and Peter's conversation. So, Peter, you went to the funeral, and was there also a memorial service, or was it a straight funeral? There were a variety of events, uh, some of which I went to and some of which I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing started on, on Friday, September 20th. There was a viewing and visitation at the funeral home. Uh, I didn't go down until Saturday, and there was a there was a church service that I think was really more specifically for family and close friends. And there were apparently some fans that were at that. We just went to straight to the grave site, mm-hmm. which where there was going to be a gravesite service at two thirty. And so that's what I that's the main thing I attended. And then there was a reception afterwards where there were some musical performances. Did people did people from the music industry that worked with Daniel speak at the funeral? Uh, it was mostly, from what I understand, uh, at, at the the earlier thing at the church was just close friends. One of whom most importantly, I think was probably David Thornberry, who if you've seen the movie, the devil and Daniel Johnston, he talks quite a bit in there. He was a good friend of Daniel's from West Virginia way, way back. Oh yeah. of course. And yep, uh, grew up with him and probably his best friend over the course of his life ended up in Austin because he married Kathy McCarty, who is the woman who made the record of Daniel's songs, dead dogs eyeball in 1995 and probably more than anyone has has carried on daniel's musical legacy Mm -hmm. so talk to me about the performances that night yeah i mean the 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 graveside thing was was very poignant and it was a little awkward because with all the rains they had down there with that tropical storm the grounds were too wet for them to actually do the burial that day so so there was a service with with daniel's uh, casket there and then the, the the headstone was in place so mm-hmm. people just sort of gathered and and there were some some uh talks by 
close family and friends. Mm. Uh, but then everybody went to this reception a couple miles away at just this sort of typical venue that's good for those sort of weddings mm. and funerals types events. Sure. Uh, except this was unusual because of the music that was played. It started out with Kathy McCarty doing three or four songs. And she announced in the midst of that also that Jeff Tartikoff is now her manager. That's of interest because Jeff was Daniel's manager uh, in the 1980s, was largely responsible for getting so many of those cassettes out to who knows how many people. The world, over the years. yeah. yeah. Um, and so Jeff was there and uh, Daniel's current manager, the guy who's been managing him for the last 25, 27 years, I think, Tom Gimble, was also there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then musically, after Kathy played, uh, the the most memorable part was was just a short five or ten minutes where Jad Fair and Kramer got up there, and uh-huh. and they worked with Daniel around eight, 89, 90 on two or three records. Yeah, for people who don't know who those are, Jad Fair is was one half or one fifth or one sixth or the only. Uh, sometimes the only member of the group half Japanese and he cut a record called it's spooky. Yeah. I believe that's the one with, that, that he and with Daniel. Uh, that's a great record and it's been in and out of print for a long time. And I think is currently on uh Jag Jaguar records. And that's a really interesting record. And Kramer is a producer who works primarily out of New York. Uh, he hasn't been as visible in recent years but was a really big name producer if you were a certain kind of indie artist in the 90s. That's that's true, and I I was intrigued to see him because I hadn't really thought about him in a while, but I remember circa 1990 hearing specifically those two names together, Jad Fair and Kramer, because they worked a lot together, and Kramer also produced two other Daniel records, I believe. Artist, oh, wow. Artistic Vice and 1990, I believe, were both. Oh, right, right, so, right. So there was long-time ties with with all three of them and they felt strongly enough to, to come in for this and, and perform as well. Uh, Kramer, his full name is Mark Kramer lives in Florida now. And okay. I believe Jad Fair lives here. Yes. Um, uh, but I don't think that they had probably played together in, in some, some time. And Kramer started out, just did this acapella, uh, rendition of the old Irish folk song, Danny boy which was oh wow was really it was it was a little unusual because he started singing before they had him mic'd up and it was a little unclear as to what was going on or uh-huh. uh but once people clued in to to what he was doing it was it was a very emotional moment and then Jad Fair gets up there and they do this song that they wrote together called Some Things Last a Long Time which is has been one of the most cited Daniel songs since his passing i think there were some things at the memorial over at the uh Hi How Are You mural uh, mm-hmm. where fans had left notes saying some things last a long time. One thing that was very interesting about that that I did not know uh, until Jeff Tartikoff told me is that Jad actually wrote all the lyrics to that song. The music really? was written by Daniel. It was credited as as a co-write. News to me. But the, the surprise was that those words are actually uh, Jad Fair's. Uh, the music in that song is just totally beautiful, and Daniel wrote all of that. And then at the end of the song, Jad kept sort of coming in and punctuating things with, these just complete guitar freaks, you know, uh, yeah. freak out, scrunk out. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, at the end of the song, he did that again. And then he went off so far with it that he broke the neck off his guitar. Perfect. And, and it was, it really was. It That's was, amazing. From then on, uh, there was, there were a couple other friends who played and the, 
the bulk of the reception was the cast of this Houston theater company that produced a Daniel musical called Speeding Motorcycle. Uh-huh. They performed like a dozen songs. Oh, so, wow. So it was kind of mostly about them, but I think people came away still sort of reeling from that Jad Fair and Kramer moment. That's Yeah, that's really extraordinary. Uh, just in Just so I don't get any letters, yes, we know that Kramer played bass for the Butthole Surfers for a little while. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, surfers fans are... Joe may have known that more than me. But. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just like one tour of the UK or something, but he's... I mean, for all I know, you played bass for the surfers <laughs> at this point. So it's funny. I was thinking after Daniel died, you know, he's one of those artists. There's a tremendous amount of material, but he's also a guy that there's always something new to learn. And something I learned that was real has really been kind of an extraordinary revelation is that you know everyone knows that Daniel Johnson was a cartoonist and a visual artist and he had a very specific style that was on the more on the cartoonier end of of drawing and he I've always thought that that was just sort of how he drew that he had this very primitive primitive looking style and then a couple of days after Daniel died a comic book artist named P. Craig Russell, who is very famous in the field, known for extremely a very uh, an extremely lush illustrative style, like an old Prince Valiant, but more so, uh, put up some pictures, like seventy images that he had from Daniel when Daniel was in high school, that or you know either in high school or right out of high school that he showed to Craig Russell and gave him. And this was stuff that was much more traditionally sophisticated in its rendering than anybody, or or anybody, at least I had ever seen. And I thought I knew a pretty bare amount about Daniel's work, Mm -hmm. uh, about his visual work. I had never seen anything like this. I don't think a lot of people have seen anything like this. And it sort of reminded me that, you know, Daniel was a guy who definitely struggled with mental illness, with schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder or whatever the correct term is, but that there was also part of his personality that was definitely self-created and that his st- his late style of the sort of round figures and the very the, the simplified, you know, frog guy, mm-hmm. that that was very much a choice. And I guess, I mean, I, I know that's, that sounds silly, but it never, I had absolutely no idea that he could draw in a more traditionally illustrative manner, um, a more realistic style. And it just was a, a striking reminder that, you know, Daniel Johnson, the person, and Daniel Johnson, the character, were maybe not as closely tied together as people might necessarily assume, uh, which doesn't mean, I don't mean to say that his art was somehow inauthentic. That's not what I mean. I mean that, you know, he made choices about, you know, self-conscious ones about his persona. And I think that's really interesting given how much of his legacy is built on this idea of this, you know, sort of tragic genius, which I think there that is part of his legacy certainly but you know he was also not just that 
Yeah, and I mean, just the fact that that his art was a big part of his identity as an artist, in addition to his music, and and they were so intertwined. Absolutely, uh, you know, you could tell it even when he was he was passing out those cassettes, and they had those little drawings on the front. It was just this visual stamp, you know. I, most of those cassettes that you find out there these days uh, that were done back then that uh, Jeff Tartikov uh, made copies of and distributed were not that artistic necessarily uh, on the on the inside because it was just it was just Jeff writing the name of the record on there. But some of the early ones have Daniel's own handwriting on them, and they're just unmistakable. You know, that's part of of his thing is, yeah. is this this handwriting that was yeah. was as recognizable as the art, you know. Yeah, the, uh, it was all it was all very connected there, and uh, they had a lot of the the artwork uh, at the memorial service as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the guys that I spoke to for the well, it was actually the gentleman who um, made the Devil and Daniel Johnston uh, noted that you know the songs often pointed back to the cartoons, and the cartoons pointed back to the songs, and it was all sort of one large thing. And, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes we think of his stuff as very separate, but it really wasn't. And it's been kind of extraordinary over the past couple of days to sort of consider what his musical legacy is and, and will be in that he had, there was a brief period of time where he was pretty famous for an independent artist. A lot of that was due to uh, the movie, a lot of that was due to Kurt Cobain wearing the shirt, the Hi, How Are You shirt, on the cover of Rolling Stone. Yeah. And people sort of wondered, you know, who is this guy? I mean, for me, it was the afternoon that he died. I was, or he had, he had died the, the night before, early that morning. I was tasked with largely putting together our piece for the Statesman. And I just kept thinking of, oh, yeah, there's this. Oh, yeah, there's that. Because totally. there were all these things that happened, you know, like, the speeding motorcycle play that the Houston company put on, uh, I didn't actually mention that because there was just so many things. There's that, a lot. You know, I, that there, was, there was the Leon Opera Ballet doing this Bill T. Jones work choreographed to Daniel's music, which was just, you know, totally in the world of high art. And this was early. This was like 1991, 1992 when that happened. Yeah. And then there was the, you know, just last year, he's on a freaking Apple ad in, uh, it's amazing. uh that, that's, that's played during the world cup, yeah. you know, and, and just totally goes bonkers. And all of a sudden it's like the number one song on iTunes. It's incredible. Yeah. The, the, it's just, his stuff has stuck around and he's definitely, I think going to be, and the ad I think is a good example of that. He's definitely going to be one of those artists that gets rediscovered every couple of years by a new generation of fans looking for that kind of stuff because if you want something that sounds like daniel johnston he's kind of it yeah like he's really he's the guy and i think sometimes you listen to the tapes you don't realize how smart the composing is how smart the songs are because he did have this very primitive style of of recording and then you start you know trying to play them or pick apart what's going on and they're enormously sophisticated and scale up to traditional instrumentation and higher fidelity recording really well. Yeah. And that's why there have been so many covers of his songs and will continue to be. I mean, I, I think that we may not yet have hit peak Daniel Johnston as far as how uh, universal his songs become in American yeah, pop totally. culture. I could totally see, I could see 
Paul McCartney doing a Daniel Johnson record. It yeah. is, it's not that that out of the realm of possibility with this guy. No, not at all. That's our show. Thanks for listening, and thanks to our sponsor, Copenhagen Furniture. Check out the Austin 360 Instagram and Facebook for more about life in Austin. And talk to us on Twitter, at LoveAustin360. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find our podcast. I Love You So Much, the Austin 360 podcast, is a production of the feature staff at the Austin American Statesman. This episode was produced by Jane Alexander. Our theme music is from the local band Hard Proof, which you should definitely check out at hardproofmusic.com. You can find everything you ever want to know about this show and its contributors at austin360.com slash loveaustin360. And if you want to pitch an idea for the show or give us feedback, shoot us a note at loveaustin360 at statesman.com. We couldn't do this show without you, listeners. And we can't thank you enough for lending us your ears, your comments, and your cassette tapes. Until next week, we'll see you at the mural at 21st and Guadalupe Streets. Since 1993, Copenhagen Modern Furniture has showcased Austin's largest collection of fine contemporary furniture and accessories. We have you covered for your holiday dinner parties. Now at Copenhagen, get 25% off up to eight dining chairs with your purchase of a new dining table. For more ways to save, visit our showroom on Breaker Lane or go to copenhagenliving.com. Copenhagen Modern Furniture, Austin's premier destination for everything contemporary.